The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Let me tell you about what a senior official from the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland has said before uh, the Oireachtas Public Accounts Committee. He says that we do not need more public chargers because instead people will charge at home. Philip Nolan is the motoring correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail. Philip, do you agree with this logic? No, I think it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, there is evidence that the significant majority of people can actually handle all their charging needs on a daily basis from a home charger. Excuse me. But what happens when you want to go away for a weekend? Like, I live in North Wexford, and um, I was going to Kenmare and Kerry for the weekend at the October Bank holiday weekend last year. And even though the car had substantial range, just to be, you know, to have peace of mind, I actually stopped in Dungarvan on the way down and Kenturk on the way back to top up. And I need that reassurance because, you know, range prediction is a is an imprecise science, let's say. Yeah, he, he pointed out as well, it was Declan Mealy, the, the Director of Transport um, at the SEAI, who, who made these comments. He suggested that, you know, as range improves, you won't need those stops in between North Wexford and Kenmare. No, that's possibly true because, I mean, if you take a car like the Mercedes EQS, I mean, that has advertised range of about 720 kilometres on a single charge, which it theoretically is plenty to get you anywhere on the island, let's face it. But equally, a lot of people who want to buy um, electric cars don't have €120,000 to spend on them. Oh. And so if you're going to buy one that's affordable, like let's say the Fiat 500e, which is the cheapest on the market at the moment, um, you're probably going to get about 200, 250 kilometres yeah. range on that. And that's around town. Put that on the motorway and you'll see that the, the numbers drop very sharply. Yeah, it, it, applying the same logic as well to, to kind of internal combust, combustion engine cars, you, you could suggest we don't need any petrol stations outside of a few big urban conurbations because, you know, if you fill your tank, you'll get seven or 800 kilometres range out of it. Of course, that's, yeah, not, that's not a reflection of human behaviour. No, it's not. And, and equally, um, you know... It, it, because electric charging has got so expensive, I think that's probably the biggest disincentive to public charging at the moment because the basic rate on ESB is 56 cents a, a kilowatt. And on the likes of Ionity, I think it's about 73 cents a kilowatt. Whereas at home, if you have a decent ESB deal overnight, or electricity provider deal overnight, you'll probably get it for maybe you know 18 or 19 cents. But you'll have to do it between two and six in the morning or whatever. So, you know, yes, people will charge at home because it's cheaper, but they still need the reassurance of knowing. Like, what about, you know, are we going to have a, a, you know, a rental car fleet of EVs? They, by definition, will have to use public chargers. And the one thing I see all the time on Twitter is people telling me that um, that the situation in the West of Ireland is just abysmal. And like, how are you supposed to drive the Wild Atlantic Way, for instance, on your holidays if there aren't public charge points all along the route? Yeah, I think there's, a, there's an awful lot of holes in the argument. And, and I mean, if you go to other countries, um, Norway, for example, is often held up as an example that we should follow. I take it they have a big public charging network, do they? They do. And I mean, they have cheap electricity as well because they have an awful lot of hydro, um, huge amount of hydropower there. What amuses me is that like Norway is the most advanced country in Europe in terms of EV ownership. And they were offering, you know, massive incentives so that electric cars cost basically the same as their petrol and diesel equivalents. But they were able to do that because they have a massive sovereign wealth fund, which basically has been generated by them selling their fossil fuels to everybody else. So it's kind of a, you know, a bogus win situation for them. But equally, yeah, they do have charges everywhere. Electric cars don't pay tolls if they're 
you know, coming from northern Norway down to southern Norway, electric cars get free on the ferries. They have, a, you know, a whole basket of incentives to make sure that people switch to electric. Yeah, and of course, um, it, 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 it should be noted that Norway pays for all of this because of all the oil they dig out of the ground totally. and sell yeah, to other yeah. countries to burn, which I think lots of people forget about. But anyway, Sinn Féin's uh, TD, Matt Carthy, is with me as well. Matt, I mean, the, the conversation that was happening before the Public Accounts Committee, how this came up, was was, was a discussion on, on, on you know, striking the right balance and, and getting incentives right. I mean, how, how do you assess our performance in that regard in terms of getting the right amount of, of incentives and, and targeting the right people? Well, here it lies the problem, Kieran, and this is an ongoing debate that we've been having with the SEAI and probably more pertinently with the Department of Transport because a lot of what the SEAI are doing is implementing a very bad government policy that in some ways is actually contradictory to another government policy, which is actually reducing the number of private vehicular movements um, on an annual basis because there's a, there's a huge anomaly that's very obvious to anybody that looks at this when they take even a single step back, wherein if you happen to be wealthy and if you live across the road from a Dart station or from a Lewis or from other very good public transport access, the government will give you €5,000 towards the purchase of a brand new car worth anything up to €60,000. And they expect the people who live in areas that don't have public transport who have no option but to use their private car and who cannot possibly afford to buy a brand new car of any description to pay for it through ever-increasing carbon taxes. So there's a dichotomy there that needs to be addressed and that hasn't been addressed now. I know and understand that the department are analysing some of those uh, those areas, but the entire mm-hmm. strategy around um, electric vehicles appears to me to be flawed because the SEAI and the department yesterday were still insisting that by 2030 we will reach virtually a hundred or a million um, EVs on our roads and nobody who I've spoken to within any of the relevant sectors believe that's anyway credible. Uh, Listen, don't even get me started on the credibility of all our 2030 climate targets. Anyway, we won't go down that road, uh, uh, pardon the pun. But in terms of incentives, are you suggesting, Matt, then that they should be means tested and that there should be an element of kind of of, of geography at play as well, is it? Well, there there needs to be, so we need to have a number of different um, targets. And the first target, and I accept this and believe that we're not going anywhere close to actually achieving it, is providing public transport options for for many. Where I come from, there are no public transport options unless I want to go to O'Connell Street in Dublin on a set couple of times during the day. There is nowhere else I can get a bus to. There is no rail network anywhere in my region um, and government have no plans to provide provide for for it. Um, And therefore, most of the families who I represent have no option but to use their car to do everyday actions. And as I say, every single year they are being penalised more and more in order to get about those daily essential tasks. And they don't, mm. as I say, have the option of of public transport. And they don't, in any realistic fashion, the vast majority have the option of purchasing a brand new electric vehicle. And one of the things we've been calling for government to examine for years is actually encouraging a second-hand EV market where some of the subsidies can actually um, go towards EVs that people could actually afford. 
um, that would also require um, uh, measures to be put in place to yeah. offset the Brexit-related barriers to British imports because we won't have sufficient um, second-hand EV vehicles in an Irish market um, if we're depending on okay. domestic, domestic EVs mm. um, for quite a number of years. And yes, there has to be an element of um, grant aid and support going to those people who actually have no option but to drive to wherever they need to go in order to get yeah. them to transition. From Matt Carty, Sinn Féin TD and before Matt we heard from Philip Nolan motoring correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail. Thank you both very much for joining me. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.